Well, good morning. I think we are on now. Everything was hunky-dory until it was time to go live, and then everything goes haywire. Isn't that the way it always is? Well, good morning. I'm Pastor Nelson, Associate Pastor at Tower View Baptist Church, Kansas City, Missouri. Thank you and welcome for watching this morning. And um, you are welcome wherever you are in this world. Whether you are a soldier that knows about me and are watching this morning because it's a virtual battle assembly, a member of Tower View, or God just pulled this up for you. Um, whether you're watching this live or if you're watching this um, recorded at some later date, thank you and welcome. If you want to find out more about our church, check, go to towerviewkc.com on the website. Obviously, we're on Facebook. You can go to Tower View Baptist Church um, there. We are the one in Kansas City, Missouri, not the one in Illinois. They are a fine church, I'm sure. So thank you for watching. If you want to get a hold of us, you can uh, call or text our church line number. That's 816-368-1330. That will be in the comments in a little bit. And so thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We are continuing our series, going through the book of Isaiah. that We started a few weeks ago at the beginning of this month. And today we are in Isaiah chapter 7. Isaiah chapter 7. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Lord God, we just thank you and we praise you for all that you provide, Lord. You are a mighty God. Help us to serve you as we study your word, as we um, listen to the words that are spoken, Lord. I pray that the words that are spoken come from you, not from me, but come from you. Help us use these words to change our hearts to change our minds, to change our attitudes, to change our lives. Whether we've been a Christian for many decades or if we are one that is searching for the meaning of life, help us to use this scripture, Lord. I pray your Holy Spirit work on the hearts and the minds of everyone watching and listening this morning. We just pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. So, all right, thank you. I'm getting some messages because we came on a little bit late. And so, I, like I said, I thank you for watching. I thank you for listening. We continue our study in the book of Isaiah. And last week we were in Isaiah chapter 6. And Isaiah 6.1 begins with the, in the year that King Uzziah died. And so sometimes in these prophecies we get a, a, a date, so to speak, of when this prophecy was made. Now, it was said in the year that King Uzziah died. So, that's, that's you know, obviously it's a, a year-long thing. It doesn't give us a calendar date per, directly. But we can go back to Second Chronicles and Second Kings and we can see when Uzziah died. And we can know from history events that we can date all the kings of Israel. And the year that King Uzziah died, that means it could have happened before he died. It was just... And the after effect is like, okay, that was the, it was just, you know, a couple months before he died. Now in chapter 7, in 7 verse 1, we get this all took place during the reign of Ahaz, son of Jotham, son of Uzziah of Judah. So King, King Uzziah died and his son Ahaz took his place. And so the second prophecy is, is about his son. And... As we read through this, realize it, says, it, does, it doesn't say the year that he, he ascended to the throne, but it was probably early in his reign. And so 
that's where we are. We get this, and Isaiah confronts King Ahaz about a situation. And as you read the first six verses, we know in, in verse 2, it says, Aram's king Rezin and Israel's king Pekah, son of Ramalia, went to fight against Jerusalem, because they, but they were not able to conquer it. And so this coalition of kings, the, 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 Israel was divided in two at this time. So you had the northern nation, and it was called Israel. Sometimes it's called Ephraim as, as a nickname. It's, name, it's one of the ten tribes of the northern kingdom. And so it just becomes a name for the whole nation. But also Aram. Aram is farther north of Israel. And its capital city is Damascus. And so it's just what is... In today's, you know, in today's uh, world, it's, it's the country of Syria. Those two kings got together, got their, combined their armies, and attacked Jerusalem. So it was bad enough that the northern kingdom attacked their brothers, but they brought in an, an accomplice, a, a, an ally, to attack uh, Jerusalem. And the reason they wanted to attack Judah and Ju Jerusalem was because of the Assyrians, the king of Nineveh. They were becoming a threat to the, them, and uh, Aram and the northern kingdom made an alliance to fight the Assyrians. But Judah refused to. And they saw that as a, um, a danger to themselves, so they wanted to take them out before the Assyrians attacked them, so they wouldn't be, get attacked on two sides. It doesn't say this specifically here, but we get from the implications and we get from other places that Ahaz has made an alliance with Assyria to protect himself because he needed an ally. And that came back to bite him. And as we read through this, we see that. And so that sets up what we're going, what's going on here. And so Isaiah confronts Ahaz in verses 1 through 6. And then he confronts him again. In, in, in verse 7, Isaiah continues his confrontation and, and continues the words. Um, and so in, in, in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 7, Isaiah is speaking, and this is what he says. He says, this is what the Lord God says. And it says, Lord God. Lord is capital L, small letters, but God is all caps. And so that is two words for God used together. One of them is Yahweh. The other one is Adonai. So it's like Adonai Yahweh. This is what the Lord God says. It will not happen. It will not occur. It. What is the it? You go back and read the verses up there. It is you will not be conquered. God says, I do not want this to happen. Aram and, 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 and Israel attacking you, they will not succeed. You don't have to worry about this. You don't need any allies because I will not let this happen. God said this. You don't need to do anything else. You don't need to make an alliance with the evil kingdom of Assyria. That's where, Nineveh, that's where Jonah went in his exploits. He went to the Nineveh, which is the capital of Assyria, to preach. He says, you don't need to worry about them. I've got this. As God is, is saying to Ahaz, it will not happen. It will not occur. Verse 8, the chief city of Aram is Damascus. The chief of Damascus is Rezin, 
Within 65 years, Ephraim will too be shattered by a people. The chief city of Ephraim is Samaria, and the chief of Samaria is the son of Romalia. If you do not stand firm in your faith, then you will not stand at all. So he give, God gives a history lesson. Not that Ahaz needed it, but he God, and God wanted to make sure that Ahaz knew that God has this. So Amram and Damascus, and he says they're going to be gone in 65 years. And actually, he's, he's, both Aram and um, the northern kingdom of Israel eventually do get wiped out. And he says this, the chief city of Ephraim is Samaria. Samaria is the capital of the northern kingdom of Israel. Ephraim, as I said, was a nickname for Israel. Ephraim and Israel are the same thing. And the son of Ramalia, we read that up in verse 2, that, that the king, king Pekah, his, his father was Ramalia. But then he gets a command to Ahaz. If you do not stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. That was a warning by God. You need to follow me. You need to follow my commands. God is serious about this. He was serious to King Ahaz at that time. He's still serious about it today. God is our only way to salvation. Without God, we will fall down, fall flat on our face, and look foolish. And the, the ultimate foolishness is an eternity in hell. But we are to stand firm in our faith. Christians, no matter what's happening in this world, no matter who is elected as president, no matter what laws, godly or ungodly, are made in this world, we need to stand firm in our faith. No matter what this world throws at us, Christians, no matter what disease you get inside your body, you need to stand firm in your faith. It's not always easy. It's not always simple. It's not always pleasant. But we need to stand firm on our faith. Just as God called King Ahaz to stand firm in his faith. And King Ahaz was having an outwardly form of godliness but refusing to follow God's commands. How do I know he had an outwardly form of godliness? Because I kept reading. So as we read through Isaiah chapter 7, now we're going to start, we're going down to verse 10. Then the Lord God spoke again to Ahaz, Ask for a sign from the Lord your God. It can be as deep as Sheol or as high as heaven. So Isaiah says, you can ask for a sign. Now, we get as Christians, we get kind of um, uh, a bent that we're not supposed to ask for a sign. Why? Because Jesus repeatedly, over, repeatedly, and said it over and over, in the New Testament, in the Gospels, he kept saying that evil people ask for a sign because the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes of the day kept asking for a sign because they didn't believe who Jesus was. Jesus gave them all kinds of signs. But they didn't believe them. Jesus healed people. He walked on the water. He, he, he gave them all kinds of signs. And they didn't believe him. He cast demons out. And so they would ask for a sign because they didn't believe the ones they saw. And they didn't believe the testimony of the ones who, gave, who, who saw them. And so giving them a sign was pointless. Because he gave them plenty of signs. But here in the Old Testament, we didn't get signs 
very often you, we think, what? There was all kinds of things. But if you go back and look at a timeline, they didn't happen. You look like year by year basis, they didn't happen all the time. We we can, in our memories, we put them all together because we read them all and, and, and such. But things like that didn't happen very often. Even the people like Abraham, you think, well, Abraham, he talked to God multiple times. Well, yes, he did. There's like four times he, he encounters he had with God, maybe five, over a roughly 35-year period. Four times over 25, 35 years. It was 25 years from the time God called him in Genesis 12 until Isaac was born. 25 years, and at that time he had three or four encounters with God. He had one more encounter with God when God asked him to, to sacrifice Isaac, when Isaac was a boy, somewhere between 5 and 10 years old probably. But we don't, but that's it. 25, 35 years and only five encounters. That, you spread that out. That doesn't happen very often. And so here is Isaiah giving King Ahaz a chance to ask for a sign. And asking for a sign is not always bad. When God calls you to do something difficult and unusual, unusual is the key. Gideon, who was not a soldier, was asked to lead an army into a not battle, into a battle that really didn't, without swords, he took torches and, and trumpets into a battle. That, that's not a very good uh, thing. And, and Gideon says, God, I, are you sure about this? And he asked for a sign. Actually, he asked for two signs. He got up and he said, God, I'm going to lay this wool fleece, think like a wool blanket, outside. And I want, God, if, if you want me to do this, let the dew come down and get all the ground wet, but leave this fleece dry. And the next morning he got up and it was true. The ground was, was wet and, and, and from dew, but the blanket, that wool fleece was completely dry. And then he said, God, please beg my forgiveness, but I have to ask for another one, just to be sure. He says, tonight, I'm going to lay this fleece out again, but this time, let the ground stay completely dry, but only the fleece be wet. And, and he went to bed, and he went to sleep, and he got up the next morning, and the fleece was so wet, he could wring a bowl full of water out of it, but the ground was completely dry. And so God granted signs. To those when he called to do something unusual. God calls us to do a lot of normal things. Like talk to your neighbor about Jesus Christ. He calls us to do normal things like stop sinning. Stop watching shows that portray sinners as the heroes. And ungodly as heroes. Stop being greedy. Stop being mean. Show kindness and gentleness to others. Those are things God calls us. You don't need a sign to do those things. You don't need a sign to call on Jesus Christ for your salvation. But here, he was asking King Ahaz to trust God that these two nations who had a bigger army than his would not win and that he did not need to call on the Assyrians to come to his aid. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. And so King Isaiah was giving King Ahaz a chance 
to see the power of God. And how did King Ahaz reply? In chapter 7, verse 12, it says, But King Ahaz replied, I will not ask. I will not test the Lord. Well, that sounds very pious. That sounds very religious. But it shows a lack of faith in God because he didn't think God could do anything. From Sheol, Sheol is the, the Jewish in the Old Testament, they called the grave. And the grave was for everybody, good and bad, godly and ungodly. And heaven, think of heaven as just the sky. That's the lowercase heaven. Heaven is just the sky. The sky is the heaven where the stars are in space. That's also called the heaven. That's like the higher heaven. And then the heaven above all that is where God is. And so for anything as high as up in the clouds to anything deep down in the ground, he could ask for anything and, and God would show it to him. But he refused to ask for a sign from God. And he made it sound like all oh, religious and pious. It's like somebody going to church and, and, and a, a, another member of the church asking for help. And the deacons go, no, we, 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 we can't help you because we're, we're sending all our money to uh, overseas missions. So we, we can't help anybody locally. That, that's, that's another pious way of being rude and crude and, and not trusting in God. How did Isaiah respond to this? Isaiah in chapter 7 verse 13 says this. Isaiah said, Listen, house of David. Is it not enough for you to try the patience of men? Will you also try the patience of God? Not a good start for for Ahaz, as Isaiah says this. House of, listen, house of David. He doesn't even use his name. House of David. He is a descendant of King David. And God had promised King David that his, his genealogy would stay on the throne of Jerusalem until the Messiah came. But because of the ungodliness of the kings, that didn't completely happen. But he, so Ahaz doesn't even get a name. He could just get called House of David to remind him that he is part of God's promise to Israel, to Judah, to the world, and that he is to trust on God because God has put him there. He is the, the House of David. He says, will you, so apparently he's been irritated and tried men, and men are impatient with him. But he says, will you also try the patience of the Lord, of my, of my God? I, Isaiah, said my God, because obviously it wasn't Ahaz's God. Will you try the patience of my God? Verse 14, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. See, the virgin will conceive, have a son, and name him Emmanuel. And by the time he learns to reject what is bad and choose what is good, he will be eating curds and honey. For before the boy knows to reject what is bad and choose what is good, the land of the two kings you dread will be abandoned. The Lord will bring on you, your people, and your father's house such a time as never been since Ephraim separated from Judah. He will bring the king of Assyria. And so here we go. God's saying, okay, you don't want a sign? I'll give you a sign. And, and that's 
and, and the sign is that a virgin will conceive. Now here scholars get all confused and they all fight among each other. And depending on what translation of the Bible you have, some translations don't use the word virgin there. They say young lady or young maiden. Why would they say that? Well, the Hebrew word that's used there can be virgin. It can also be a young lady who is physically mature. She's been through puberty, but is not yet married and not yet had any kids. So by default, that's a should be, if she's a godly girl, that's a virgin. And then the question is, well, you know, how does this happen back then? This is around 722-ish B.C., 700 years before Jesus was born. But yet then the book of Matthew quotes this exact verse to proclaim that Jesus. this is a prophecy about Jesus Christ. Well, probably a, a in this case, in the Old Testament, the, the, the case that happened to Isaiah and Ahaz is that somebody in the king's household, probably, some people think it's Isaiah's wife, but back in verse 7-3, Isaiah talks about his son that's already been born, so Isaiah's wife is, is not a virgin. Um, that is probably somebody in King Ahaz's household who is currently a virgin, probably one of his daughters, who's about to give birth, who will give birth in the next year. She's currently a virgin, but she will give birth. Why do I say that? Because this, this prophecy doesn't mean anything if it's some random person out in the countryside. It doesn't mean anything to anybody or to King Ahaz because you know he, he, he was ruling over a nation of hundreds of thousands of people. And so that wouldn't mean anything. It has to be somebody he knows. Somebody that's around him. And so it, it doesn't necessarily have to be somebody in the king's household, but it probably is. We don't know that for sure. I can't, I'm not going to bet any money on that. Because it doesn't say. But somebody the king knows who is currently a virgin is going to conceive and give birth to a child. And they may call him Emmanuel not knowing that this prophecy that Isaiah is giving King Ahaz right now. But then this prophecy becomes a double prophecy because it happens again in the time when Jesus was born. And so this happens. But that's not the whole prophecy. It's not just the fact that somebody is born. That's just a piece of the prophecy. The rest of it is that this boy that's going to be born that says, by the time he is eating honey and curds. So by the time of curds, what's curds? Curds is from milk. How was Israel described, the promised land described to Moses and the people when they sent the spies in? They said it was a land flowing with milk and honey. By the time this boy is old enough to eat milk and honey, you know you don't give honey to an, an infant. And at in this time period, and, and it's still in some places in the world, you know, an infant is not weaned from his mother's milk until he's three years, two or three years old. 
And by the time a child is two, three, four years old is the time they start learning the differences between right and wrong. They start learning to make choices. And they know the difference. You know, you know you're not supposed to hit your brother. You know you're not supposed to hit your sister. And so um, they are... And so he's saying by the time this, this person's going to have a child, and by the time that child is old enough to be weaned and eating solid food and understanding, starting to understand, you know, good choices and bad choices. By that time, all this situation will be taken care of that you're so worried about. This situation with the King Pika and, and King Rezin. All that whole situation that you're so worried about that you have to make an alliance with the king of Assyria, that's going to be taken care of before this child is, is, is weaned. So that means within the next three or four years or less, this situation is going to be taken care of and you don't have to worry about it anymore. And how is it going to be taken care of? The king of Assyria is going to come down and take care of those two armies. And you don't have to do anything and you don't have to make an alliance. Trust God. Stand Stand in your faith. Stand firm in your faith. And trust God. Now, Isaiah and Ahaz were in a different time period. We trust God by reading Scripture. At this time, there was Scripture. But think about this. The book of Isaiah didn't exist yet because Isaiah was still alive and, and, and writing it. But at this time, and so the word of the prophet was the word of God. God worked through his prophets directly. So when the prophet came and told you something, it was from God. So God told Isaiah to tell Ahaz, don't do this. That was the word of God. That was a command, just as much as reading any Bible verse that we have today. Now, I am not a prophet. Do not come to me and say, Hey, Pastor Nelson, should I get job A or job B? Because God has not told me that. And you can be a godly employee at a company A and a godly uh, employee at company B. Both companies need godly people working at them. You can be a godly church member no matter where you are employed in this world. So follow God no matter what. No matter where you work, no matter where you live, no matter if you stay single, no matter if you stay married, no matter if you have lots of kids or only one kid or no kids. Follow God. Follow the fruit. Show the fruit of the Spirit. Love and patience and kindness and goodness and being joyful in your salvation and be self-controlled. No matter where you work, no matter where you live, follow God. And that's what he calls us to do. King Ahaz was given a very specific area to follow God. And he refused to follow God. Don't be that person. Follow God. Stand firm in your faith. And you and God will take care of you. Well, does that mean you won't have any more troubles in this world? <laughs> I'm sorry, no. Because this world is nothing but trouble because it's a sinful world. 
We sin, so we bring trouble on ourselves because we sin ourselves. I bring trouble in my life when I sin. But sometimes we get trouble in our life because of somebody else's sin. Somebody else runs a stop sign, drives drunk. Somebody else is sick and passes it on to you, whether they knew they had it or not. Trouble comes into our world. Somebody robs us. Somebody embezzles from the company you work for and the, and the company is forced to go into bankruptcy and you lose your job. It's not your fault. That's somebody else's sin. This is a sinful world and bad things happen. We have hurricanes and tornadoes and earthquakes. There are things called cancer and other diseases. There's old age. It's just the result of the sin of this world. And so this world is not always a happy place. There are birth defects. There are miscarriages. And so this world is an awful place. Stand firm in your faith anyway. Because heaven is eternal. Salvation is eternal. COVID is temporary. Our job is temporary. Someday you will lose the job, you will retire from the job. You'll die. Then you won't work there anymore. Stand firm in your faith. And see the signs that God gave us in Scripture. See the signs of how God has worked and changed other people's lives. How he's turned drunks and alcoholics into ministers and deacons and Sunday school teachers. How he's taken poor nobodies and turned them into pastors and husbands and fathers. God is not limited by our resources and by our foreknowledge because we have no foreknowledge. So trust God. Don't be a false piety like King Ahaz was. Stand firm in your faith. And if you need that faith, ask God. God, give me the faith to do what I need to do. Be like the father that came to Jesus and fell on his knees and says, I believe, help my unbelief. Make that your prayer to God. That's okay. So I thank you for watching. I thank you for listening. Let's close in prayer. Lord God, you are a mighty and a precious Lord. Help us to be your servants today. Help us to stand firm in our faith each and every day through the good times and through the bad times. You are the mighty God. Show us how to live by the fruit of the Spirit each and every day. We just pray all this in Jesus Christ, holy and precious name. Amen. So I thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. I see there Judy and Shirley um, and some person named Verse Post. I don't know that person. Um, but I thank you for watching. We have a post there that tells you how to get in contact with us. So you can contact us, which is our, our Facebook page at towerviewkc.com. And our phone number is there, 816-368-1330. You can call that number. You can text that number. Check out our Facebook page. And if you are watching this live and you're in the Kansas City area, we will have our church service at 1030 this morning. You have the option. You can stay in your car.
and and listen on your radio 90.7 to the church you can bring your lawn chair or blanket and sitting outside in the grass and listen to it under we got some speakers set up and uh, a few people will be inside but you have to make reservations ahead of time to do that so if you want to do that for weeks uh, the following weeks uh, thank you robert for watching so i thank you for watching if, if this has been beneficial to you uh, please share it on, on your uh, Facebook wall or across other social media sites. Um, you know, hit the little like thing if you like it. Um, so I appreciate you watching. I appreciate you listening. Whether you're watching live or if you're watching this recorded, I appreciate it, all of you. And I, thank, I pray God's blessings on you and that God and the Holy Spirit will continue to work on your hearts and your minds. Have a great and blessed day. God bless.